0: From WUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Taylor Burnett. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from Southeast Ohio. This week on The Outlet, an app provides a window into Athens' history.
1: As far as learning, it really offers another way for people, that's what it is, for people to engage with their environment and use the tools that we kind of all use all the time anyway, you know, which is these these smartphones um, and devices.
0: And three women try to change the world one peaceful demonstration at a time. So the young people have been carrying the burden unfairly of doing more of the climate activism. These stories and more, right here, on The Outlet. Third Act Ohio tries to spread the word to save the environment and fight for equality through peaceful rallies. WUB reporter Jacob Mata talked to three Athens women involved in the group.
1: Heather Cantino and Judy Smucker have known each other for almost 13 years, and they've been lobbying for change in their community and country ever since. Carrie Gibbons met Heather and Judy around a year ago while attending a peaceful rally.
0: When we did the Colbert and Blockade. Oh, that one, okay. That, one, yeah. that was April last year. That was when you first met. But, yeah.
1: All three of them got started in activism at a young age, but in different ways that brought them together later in life. Heather
0: Cantino started at a young age. I started as a kid. I mean, I grew up in a household where we went to um, rallies and marches during the civil rights movement. And my mother was an activist um, against nuclear weapons. And Judy Smucker did her own research in order to find her way
1: into activism. Um,
2: I read Silent Spring when I was in college. And that was my first introduction to say, Something not right here.
0: And
1: Carrie Gibbons found authors early in her life that would point her in the direction she's gone to this day.
0: I don't know if I was around 11 or 12 and I started reading Jane Goodall and I could not get enough of her. I think that was a huge turning point for me. Um, Silent Spring when it came out, E.F. Schumacher, Small is Beautiful. I mean, these things did a lot to frame where I wanted to go.
1: In their most recent peaceful rally with Third Act Ohio, a group of Athens residents called out Chase Bank in Athens for their constant support of the use of fossil fuels. This was in part of a national day of protests with over 100 taking place around the country in order to call out the large supporters of the use of fossil fuels. The three women are close to the Athens community, but there are other committee members around the state of Ohio. Third Act Ohio is a group that pushes to get people over the age of 60 out and rallying, and Cantino believes there is a history as to why it's the older generation.
0: Young people have been carrying the burden unfairly of doing more of the climate activism.
1: Anyone is welcome and encouraged to join the rallies Third Act Ohio coordinates, and it is not limited to people 60 years and older. Outside of Third Act Ohio, all three women plan to continue fighting for change to give children of the next decade a livable future. For Smucker, climate change is the number one problem in the United States.
2: We do know that uh, climate change is the number one, to me, it's the number one issue. If we don't wake ourselves up to what's happening to our climate... Nothing else matters.
1: Gibbons knows that change is hard to work toward and that it will not be easy.
0: The changes that have to happen are dramatic and they need to happen sooner than anybody is willing to do. And it's not going to be not painful.
1: And Cantina wants to continue working on things she's passionate about.
0: Well, I will continue working on climate issues. Forest issues are really important to me and for the
1: outlet, I'm Jake Amada in Athens.
0: WUB reporter Jensen Neck talks to the people behind a new app that immerses people
3: in Southeast Ohio history. Brian Costco has created an innovative way for people to learn about Athens' history. The Invisible Ground app allows users to go to historical landmarks and see what they look like many years ago.
1: As far as learning, it really offers another way for people, to, that's what it is, for people to engage with their environment and use the tools that we kind of all use all the time anyway, you know, which is these, these smartphones um, and devices.
3: Costco has partnered with the Southeast Ohio History Center to make his project a reality. The stories that we are
0: trying to tell through Invisible Ground, which is the stories of people of color or people who have been traditionally, their stories haven't been told. Um, I think that's incredibly valuable for people to see that they were here, they made significant
3: contributions to our community. By opening the app, users will have the option to look at the Berry Hotel or the Mount Zion Baptist Church.
1: There was this really cool physical space thing still. You had to go to the location. There was going to be a marker. You were going to stand there and be in the spot where this happened. And then you use your device to see something else.
3: The next location to be added to the app by the end of this month will be the Athens County Courthouse. Costco is planning to add six other locations by the end of this year, including the Ridges, Albany Enterprise, and Civil War Monument on Ohio University's College Green. From Athens, Ohio, I'm Jensen Neck.
0: Costco also has a podcast called Invisible Ground, which talks about the history of places and people in Southeast Ohio. Kayla Bennett, managing editor for The Post, Ohio University's independent, student-run newspaper, recently reported on Equitas. So what is Equitas, Kayla?
3: Equitas Health Institute is a nonprofit community health care system, um, and they have 22 locations throughout Ohio. They have one in Athens, located at 8 West Stimson Avenue. They provide all kinds of services to their patients, including medical, pharmacy, behavioral health, um, and a lot more. Mostly you know, they focus on HIV supportive services and PrEP health navigation. They really take in their clients and help them from the moment they walk in the doors to the moment they walk out and support them throughout the whole process. So what are some of the barriers to healthcare that people mentioned in these interviews? Yeah, through my interviews, a lot of people mentioned these barriers that come with living in Southeast Ohio. One of the big ones was transportation. Um, A lot of times in other areas where you know it's more urban transportation is easy to access there's there's public transportation but here though there is that public transportation sometimes it doesn't reach far enough to get people to where they need to go um, so that was a big one but another one that i learned more about was you know education i learned that through that education there is there's a stigma that comes with healthcare. care um, when it comes to urban versus rural as well access just makes a huge difference there's many more locations in urban settings that are more accessible and easy to get to and also when it comes to in rural setting i was told that there are fears of possible microaggressions or homophobia Um, or ostracization when walking into medical centers, just because people have, there's this fear that healthcare professionals have these preconceived notions that they'll reflect onto the clients that walk through the doors.
0: And so on the note of stigma,
3: I know a lot of your sources also discussed the stigma surrounding HIV. I learned a lot about HIV through writing this story. And I think a lot of people actually get hiv and aids confused and so learning more about hiv it's hiv is more the virus that attacks the cells that help the body fight infection whereas aids is that late stage of hiv infection but not a lot of people are educated on hiv throughout southeast ohio and you know it's not required in some education
0: And so you devoted a really large part of your article to how people can find support if they're looking.
3: Absolutely. Equitas, its main goal is to provide support for everyone that walks in their front doors. So setting up an appointment with Equitas is the first step. And through that, you can be connected with someone like a health case manager Um, and also join their support groups because there's so many for those in gender-affirming medical and or social transition, um, one offering support to people who are HIV positive and offer support to people in the LGBTQ plus community um, and have resources for friends and family of people who have relationships with substance abuse. Yeah, and so can you tell me a little bit about PrEP? PrEP, or pre-exposure prophylaxis, it can reduce one's chance of getting HIV from sex or injection. PrEP is for anyone and can actually be taken by anyone if their healthcare provider sees fit. And that is one of those things that Equitas can help link one to. That
0: was Kayla Bennett from The Post, this segment is part of a collaboration between Ohio University's longest-running, independent, student-run newspaper and WUB Public Media. The reporting was done by The Post, and the audio is brought to you by the production team at WUB. To read Kayla's full story, visit thepostathens.com slash specialprojects. It's time to get in the swing of spring sports. Assistant producer Caleb McCleskey sits down with sports director Aiden Crowley and assistant sports director Maria Manessi to talk Bobcat baseball and softball.
4: Uh, baseball, obviously, they're kind of getting in the swing of things here with Mac starting up. They're seven and fourteen right now, but five and four in the conference, so a decent start to their conference play. They did pick up a big win against Central Michigan in that conference stretch and this weekend they're going to be taking on the eastern michigan eagles so a good test for them and they'll be back at bob wren after spending a little bit on the road so it's always nice to get back home but a big bright spot for them has been alec Bettino. he played really well at the start of the season and he's just kind of been holding that out throughout holding that momentum and then mason minsey was a name that we kind of knew going into the season he's doing mason Minzy things maria
2: yeah, this team, um, Central Michigan, was a really big win for them. I know that's one of the top teams in the MAC, So just getting a win in that series was big. And it's been kind of up and down so far. But I think that, obviously, there's still a lot of season um, to be played and a lot of series left. So I think with these kind of younger guys, I know specifically pitching-wise, they brought in a lot of new, new faces, so getting them kind of gelled together will be important specifically in like the end stretch of the season.
1: And then what is the upcoming schedule for this weekend for our baseball team?
2: So they host Eastern Michigan this weekend. They play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Since they eliminated doubleheaders this year in the MAC, they will have a game on each day this weekend. And I think that that series back in Athens will be good for them, especially coming back from being at Northern Illinois um, and picking up that series win being back home will be good
4: yeah the max decision to eliminate double headers was definitely uh interesting one but i think one needed for the players to kind of give them a little bit of a break so instead of those four game series that we've seen on weekends where they're playing a double header typically on that saturday (laughs) uh we get to just one game a day uh give pitchers rest obviously and then give players rest so it's going to be interested to see kind of how that plays out uh and then another thing that's interesting about that format is the weather aspect of it as well uh because we are supposed to get a little bit of rain this weekend so uh who knows if one game gets rained out what they're going to do with it so kind of keep your eye on that as well um but the scheduling aspect of it i think has greatly improved and i've heard nothing but positive things come from uh players and coaches out of it
2: yeah i know craig more specifically talked about that preseason just talking about how that's really going to benefit. I think specifically thinking about like the hot days as well, just having those really back-to-back games and getting just that short break was really hard sometimes specifically for players. So I think really seeing um, them have a different format will benefit in numerous ways, like you said, Aiden.
1: Of course. And then moving on to our softball team, Maria, I'll start with you. What has the recent softball schedule been looking like for our team?
2: Yeah, so currently they are 15 and 14 overall and 6 and 2 in the conference. I know they picked up some big wins. They're kind of on a roll right now under um, new head coach Jenna Hall, who returned um, to Ohio softball um, after 10 seasons being away, but now she takes over as head coach, which it's been really exciting to see the team kind of gel together. She was super pumped. Um, when I talked to her preseason, just about the players, their energy this season, I think we've really seen that specifically as of late um, with the kind of win streak they've formed and just some big series wins like against Bowling Green, got a win against Miami at home, which is big first conference win of the season as well. So I think things are really just forming, gelling together. But They also have a lot of um, familiar returning faces as well, Aiden.
4: Yeah, uh, one of those big ones being infielder Analia Paoli, who's just been tearing it up this season. She's already at 27 RBIs, and she's batting three fifty nine. So anytime you're around that three thirty mark in average, you're doing something right, and she's well above that. Add four home runs on top of it. And, Maria, it's always that age-old question when you're scheduling because obviously you want your team to get out to a good start, but you also want to face stiff competition. And so Ohio softball earlier in the season – play teams like LSU, who are 18th in the country, or Duke, who's 14th in the country. That stiff competition to test them early, and I think you're seeing the payoff here at the midpoint in the season now that MAC play is starting up. Because they are experienced, they've been in these games, in these battles. So that's why I think when you look at their overall record, it doesn't exactly jump off the page for you, but here in the MAC, you see they are turning these into wins, and I think it's paying off for this softball team
2: yes certainly and i think kind of when you, i again talked to her before the season just looking at those non-conference matchups are of course always going to benefit just being on the road and being able to face those um teams just really will benefit for that specific mac play like you had mentioned
1: and then to move away from softball and to move to football for a little bit spring practice is coming up and you guys were able to talk with some of the coaches and the players What was the atmosphere like, and what were kind of the answers they were giving to your questions?
4: Yeah, Caleb, it's crazy. We're already talking about football again. (laughs) I feel like we just uh, got off this train and we're right back on. But they are very optimistic, and I think for pretty good reason. There's a lot of experience returning in that locker room, a lot of experience returning in that coaching staff. Uh, Head coach Tim Albin talked about retaining all 11 coaches that he had uh, in his circle in his camp. That rarely happens, especially in the current landscape of collegiate athletics. So he was super pumped about that. And you have guys like Bryce Houston coming back, Keith Thompson coming back just a lot of senior leadership especially those two in particular on the defensive side of the ball that has some inexperience having two leaders like that's going to be big but they are very confident where they're at right now and maria they're almost having kind of a chip on their shoulder they're no they're now the kind of the big kids on the block and everybody's going to want their game
2: circled yeah coach said it said exactly that he said he knows that their game's going to be circled come next season he said in their game or in their big win um, in, in Arizona for the bowl game, that they're going from kind of the hunter to the hunted this off season. And I think that that really shows and you can feel that um, energy within the team. I think that they, they know what challenges are ahead of them, but they also, Sam had said that they are the team that, that everybody's gonna have to play as well and beat and kind of earn that, as, and they've earned that this past season with their success. And I think that's huge for them, kind of in this off season going into next season. As
4: well. Yeah, there just seems to be a lot of pressure building going into this season, especially you get a week zero game against San Diego State, who has always been a pretty – prominent power, f- or excuse me a pretty prominent group of five program in the college football landscape and then you have the tim albin contract extension that just came out so there's all these factors surrounding this team so much pressure it's just going to come down to how well they can deal with it and i think the leadership is really going to show in those moments uh having people in the locker room that's been in tight games understand uh what it means to go out there and grind out a win i think will be big for this ohio football team and we'll have to wait and see on the status of of course star quarterback curtis Rourke. when speaking with tim albin he said he was quote ahead of schedule so we'll have to wait and see what his availability is going to be like come august but i know the excitement's high for this football team and a lot of interest is going to be on this bobcat team
0: That's all we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us. The outlet is produced each week by me, Taylor Burnett, and my assistant producer, Kayla McCluskey. We're edited by Atish Baidia, Aaron Payne, and David Forster. Adam Rich is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Enjoy our show? Tell a friend to give us a listen. They can subscribe to the outlet on SoundCloud or Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts, or find us online at wub.org. They can also follow us on Twitter at outlet underscore W-U-B and Instagram at newswatch underscore W-U-B. We'll be back next week with more stories from Southeast Ohio.